Thank you for tuning in to Don't Sleep on the Couch Podcast, a show that's real, raw, and rough. We talk about life, sports, kids, money, relationships, you name it, we got it. So come on in, grab a seat on the couch, and let's get this show started. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Sleep on the Couch Podcast. I'm your host, your man, 50 Grand Hadrico, and to my left, we have... Your boy, Exec P, a.k.a. Cash Man, and... Uh, Ladies and gentlemen... He's back. He came all the way back from Africa, Africa, Welcome Africa. back, welcome back. Hey, I'm finally back. Time to get this podcast popping again. I heard y'all been slacking a little bit out here. Hey, glad to have you back. Yeah, that's Frank Nitty, Frank the Tank, back in the building, man. So we're going to give y'all another great episode, man. Tonight, we got a lot of good stuff going, man. We got a local artist. We talking about music. And now that Frank's back, him and Freck and had their music love affair because they love to talk about music. And you know, that's not Hadrico type thing. We got a little couple things to hit in sports, a couple social issues, man. But we're going to get this thing popping. So without further ado, Cash, I'm going I'm to pull your number, man. Cash and Frank, man, how was your week, man? Frank, how was your week, man, coming back into the real world? Oh, man, it was great to be back with the family and everything, uh, you know, but really been missing out on this podcast. I felt like it's a little flavor that's been missing. I'm um, here to throw that little excitement back up in here, get it popping again. Well, um, I don't know how I feel about that comment. <laughs> the flavor, <laughs> flavor and get it popping. I mean, yeah. Y'all boys are stupid, man. I I, I mean, it was was missing a little bit of bite, you know what I mean? Like, you uh, you got the voice and everything, but you didn't really have all the little content that y'all was hitting and missing, wasn't touching on certain topics. We hit a touch on all of them. Hey, uh, Frank, are you part of the podcast? or or, I mean, mean, are you trying to promote the podcast or sink us in the first show back? (laughs) (laughs) He ain't been back a whole episode. He just destroyed everything we've built in two minutes. You know what? 23 seconds. It just makes makes for better podcasting, I guess. It gives us good things. For sure, for sure. Cash, how about you? How was your week, man? How's the new job? You don't finally learn something or you still playing dumb? Hey, man, I'm, I can't no more, man. They about to leave the people that's teaching me, so I got to get get up or, you know, you know. I mean, I got to stay on the pot of shit, whatever, however you say that. So, y'all, we in episode 14, <laughs> man, episode 14, and we're going to get right into it. In the world of sports, basketball ain't got much going on, but there are a couple things going on, a couple rumor mills. Frank, I heard you was tuning your ear to the rumor mill. What are you hearing in the streets? Oh, man, I'm hearing that uh, we got a chance for Iggy to actually come over here to the Lakers, man. I'm, I'm excited about that. That's a possibility. But, you know, after all that Kawhi nonsense, I ain't too much hyping on these rumors no more, man. Uh, but if that happens, whew, this chip is just being sold. Yeah, man, I, I think uh, if they buy him out, but I don't, I don't see no indications of uh, Memphis really buying him out. And, shit, I don't know you guys' cap situation, but I know it's – Stretch pretty thin after signing all those bums you guys signed. So uh, yeah, man, I, mean, I hope you get Iggy, man, be more more competitive. But I don't know if it's gonna happen. I think Iggy will go somewhere else and, and make the vet man like the Knicks. No, I don't want him to go there. I don't want no, him. Oh yeah, because ain't nobody going to nobody the goes. Yeah, I will listen, Frank. We have finally agreed. <laughs> yeah. Nobody, and I mean nobody, not yeah. even cash. Sticks and stones, baby. Sticks and stones. <laughs> but basketball will never win for you. Sticks and stones, man. So. Okay, we got those rumors that I haven't been confirmed, but, you know, Laker fans have their own Laker network, so, you know, you never know what type of rumor you get from a Laker fan. But let's talk about CP3 right quick. This guy was once considered the best point guard in the league, and now nobody wants to touch him with a 10-foot pole. Why can't he get work anymore? Why is CP3 stuck in OKC? You feel me? Because uh, it feel like he's at the same little place that Kyrie is. Uh they're they're kind of injury prone. So like you get them on the team, yes, they're gonna uh, add on those games that they're actually around. But that's when they're around. Most of the time, they hurt, they're injured, something else going on. There you can't really count on them. Are they gonna be dependable during the playoffs? Are they gonna make it to the playoffs? So these are the things you got to worry about with uh, CP3. And if he comes on to all these other teams that's already building up, like let's say uh, like the Lakers, uh, you got the Clippers. If he join one of those teams. Then you're looking at him like you more than likely want him coming off the bench. You know what I mean? Is he ready for that in his little role? Hell I don't no. think so. Hell no. CP3 no. is not. He ain't coming off him. nobody's no. bench. He's and not going to accept that. The other thing you was uh, mentioning about all the the the, the limb facts with him is also uh, you know the thing out there about him being not so easy to deal with as a teammate. I haven't heard nobody say he's a bad teammate, but he can you know talk to you in a certain way. So you got that out there. Then of course. The elephant in the room, the no-brainer, the money he's making at this point. So 
you know, you sign what you worth, in my opinion. But at this point, man, um, he's still producing. And that's the thing. Like, when you really peel back the layers and he's like, well, he's going to be 37 at the end of the contract, making 40 plus. He's still producing right now. It's just that he's been, you know, nicked up, man. You know, and I think there goes the key right there. He's still producing, but at the same time, he's not on the court as much as you want somebody to be on the court who's making $40 billion a year. So the CP3 saga, to be real with you, and, and the meter of how important it is to me, it's actually not very important. As basketball season, they had their shot, their 15 minutes of glory with this free agency run. But now, as basketball transitions, we are beginning to get into the real American game. And no, I am not talking about no funky-ass baseball. I am talking about football. I am talking about the sport that is the sport. Man. Well, before we jump on that, I did have a little something like the kind of what uh, Cash was saying on the CP3. Uh, I can't speak on you can't really speak on these people's attitudes and stuff like that. Uh, I, I don't know them personally. It could be the other people that's having the attitudes, but you can talk on their production. That's what we see. That's what as a fan, we can actually physically see what's going on with them and see how they fall back on that whole little deal. And that little part is the like you saying when he's healthy, he's producing. But that's when he's healthy, and that's that's the part that's becoming very rough. Yeah, I can understand that. You know, I definitely see where you're going with that point. I mean, if he's producing, it's definitely a different thing, and his attitude is something that you can't really speak on because none of us are really teammates with Chris Paul. We know he gives a lot. I mean, Houston kept saying they were one bad injury away from actually winning the Western Conference Finals, but who would know because you never know until that things happen. So definitely yeah. CB3 is going to be a must-see TV as far as where he goes and if he actually stays in OKC. I know there was rumors of him going to the Miami Heat. Um, I've been a firm, very firm advocate that if he goes to Miami Heat, he's the best point guard in the league, and if he doesn't, he's old and washed up. So therefore, that's my stance. Yeah, man. So like you said, transitioning uh, back to the NFL, man, what did you want to get into? Are you excited about uh, rookie training camps opening up and whatnot? Listen, I'm going to be I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm excited about football, period. I'm excited because it's coming back. I'm excited because football is a great sport. I'm excited that my son, high school team, number 17 school in the nation. Holla at your boy. What school is uh, that, man? Bishop Gorman. Okay. Uh, fear the G. Gotta. Don't worry about it. That's all that stuff you may not know about. But when you go into the real, the real professional ranks, and even the college football ranks. I believe college football is somewhat wide open this year. With the way Clemson has handled teams, you got Alabama who's going to be good. Auburn, and I'm not trying to give Frank a plug, but Auburn is a team that kind of really does some good things. And then you got so much things going on in college football. You got the NFL. It's just a great time for football. Yeah, man. And I, I can't wait really to break it down. So uh, if you guys haven't been listening uh, out there, if you are listening and you are interested and you can speak to football in an intelligent manner, we're talking we want fanatics on the show. We ever we've already contacted a few of you. So starting here in the next few weeks, we're going to rev up and, and really do a, a, some mini podcasts and really break down our teams and and, and go into the weeds. So. You know, if you into that type of thing, that that's what we want to do for you guys as far as the sports. A lot of times we want to deep dive in and really get into the offensive linemen and stuff like that. But we know we only have, you know, a certain amount of time for you guys' ears. But we're going to cater to our sports fans and really dig deep in and get into uh, a lot of the, the nook and cranny as far as our teams go. So, again, yeah. uh, within the next week or two, we'll be letting reaching out to you guys. Uh, but definitely reach out to us if that's something that you're interested in doing. Cool. Now right, we're gonna put a caveat on that though. Uh-oh, like we love, we, we we would love for y'all to come out and talk this, but any negativity on the Raiders will be edited out immediately. Uh, we know the Raiders gonna go sixteen and zero this year. Uh-oh. Um, you, you you said weed. You got a motherfucking mouth in your pocket. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell you mean? The, we, the, we ain't French. We 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 don't edit the podcast. <laughs> exact <Exactly. laughs> Oh Lord! But nah, but, but nah. Listen, the Raiders. Listen, I'm gonna tell you something though. The Raiders on Hard Knock should make for great TV. Um, what do I expect from your Raiders? I mean, I actually expect them to be better than people give them. Credit All right, so we was moving on to the next topic. I think we was doing that. <laughs> you trying to talk bad on the Raiders? I was actually giving them some damn credit. <laughs> Security. Oh man, I mean, it's just, it's just that, uh, that little phase. I know how you like to hate on my, my Raiders. No, over I there. wasn't going to hate. I was actually saying that I think they're going to do better than people give them credit for. But now, since you said that, they're going to be, they're going to be sorry. Sorry as hell. The Raiders, Raiders ain't, listen, man. Anyways, really, guys in the world of sports ain't much popping, man. But we got some other topics that's going on that I really think we need to get into. I know we could talk about Melvin Gordon being traded, but Melvin Gordon ain't played 16 games in his whole season. So who, who are we going to get traded to? The infirmary? 
I, I don't know what these these running backs like Melvin Gordon and, and Zeke, Zeke Elliott. They want Zeke want his money before Dak. How you gonna get money before that before the quarterback? I mean, I get where he's coming from from a running back standpoint. Of course, you want to get your money before so, they run your ass so, into the ground. So y'all don't think that uh, Melvin Gordon would be a good fit? Let's say Seattle, uh, Minnesota. I say Those Melvin Gordon. If Melvin Gordon can be healthy, he can be a good fit just about anywhere in the NFL. But can you tell me a season Melvin Gordon has been healthy? Exactly. So therefore, until but, but I mean, you can get him up in there. Has he been healthy? Has he been healthy? Has he been healthy? No, he ain't been. And healthy. he's been in a committee in San Diego, and his, his, the committee has been been chairless because he's always hurt. Um, great kid, great young man. Wish nothing but the best for him. Just don't see it happening. So, what do y'all think about running backs actually getting uh, a bigger chunk of the pie, like on that whole deal? Because I, I feel like running back is one of those positions that get abused quickly and early, and they're out the league type of deal. You know, to be completely honest with you, Frank, until NFL players really start taking their collective bargaining seriously and get some more respect for themselves and what they do, those positions are going to continue to get abused and abused. And that's something that they're excited about making $10 million, but when at the end of the day, they should be pressing for more money. Now, of course, everybody says, well, we need to get played like basketball players. Well, you're not looking at simple math. A basketball roster has about 15 people on there, and the majority of the 15, probably seven of the 15, are getting paid the vet minimum. So you got... 53 people on an active NFL roster, not including the practice squad. So off sheer numbers alone, you would have a quarter of the league on one team. So you can't pay those type of salaries, but they need to get better paid than what they're getting. Number so, of games. Yeah, and they're talking about increasing the games to 18, and the players and the players are like, no, but what they don't realize is more games mean they have to pay you more. And it's more TV money, and it's a lot of other different things that go into it. So when you start talking about money, it's a mathematical game that I don't think NFL players are really trying to get into. Yeah, yeah, and they're not trying to miss, you know, and again, these guys, I mean, it's whether you're prepared or not for a lockout and to hold out. So even as a running back, if you want to play that game right now, look at the star power, look at what LeBron, look at what the Kawhi Leonard's of the world can do in, in demanding trades and in, in navigating where they're going to be. There's no NFL player, hell, there's no other players in any other sport that can do that. So until these guys are prepared to hold out, and you know what, you know, mama, daddy, and family, I'm going to hold out. We're going to hold tight for this year and not spend as much as I'm going to spend and willing to hold out four or five games, then they're going to continue to get used and abused, in my opinion. It's definitely well, But you just had, like, the Le'Veon Bell just did that last year. So, and everybody, you know, you see how they controlled the media on it. They kind of turned on him and made it seem like uh, he was the bad C and then didn't help that Connor was doing just as good as uh, without him. So, like, it made him seem like he wasn't even much that big of a pitcher, but he was trying to get what he was worth. Like, uh, he was a more pass heavy. He was used heavily within that Pittsburgh Steelers, and he did deserve that extra money. I felt like he did, uh, at least, you know, the extra money. And that's what I'm saying. Like, with running backs, I definitely feel like they deserve a bigger cut of the pie than they've been getting, especially off their uh, lifespan within the NFL. Like, uh, they don't have long within there. So, and they're a key part of every offense. You are 100% correct, but the problem is play. somebody going to always want money. You know what I mean, Frank? So because somebody always wants money, when Le'Veon went away, as great as Le'Veon was, you just said the same thing. James Conner did it, came in and did a good enough job. And then when he got hurt, the, the, same, the other kid came in and did a just good enough job. So basically what is that telling you? Running backs are replaceable, so these teams are never going to pay them that type of money. But we shall see how that all pans out. But, yeah, man, I think we beat this dead horse, man. <clears throat> so – you know, down Old Town Road. For sure, for sure. So, uh, you know, real quick, uh, we're going to get into our next segment, Man Cave Music. Y'all stay tuned. So, yeah, welcome back. Welcome back, good people, man. Uh, Don't Sleep on the Couch podcast. Man Cave Music, man. Uh, a lot of, not a lot, but, you know, two good albums uh, as far as hip-hop-wise came out that I paid attention to this week, man. First up, Nas Lost Tapes 2, man. Frank, how you feel about it? Uh, I, like I said, this is the first week I got back, so I ain't really gave music that much as listened uh, like I usually. Uh, so I skimmed the album. I tried it out and wasn't feeling the Nas off the jump, but uh, I don't like giving a 
uh, view on it until that didn't actually happen. Like I gave it a true, true listen. So, but then I'm put my thoughts on hold for now. Yeah, man. So I listened to it, man, and uh, you know, he has definitely some gems on there. Uh, but you may maybe two or three joints that stand out to me. But overall, um, I could say it was just something that you gotta again give your attention to and listen to over over time. And that's how you do it now. It's like he never drops a whack um project as far as just delivering as far as lyrics go. You know, he he's always had his thing with the beats, but this is this is lost tapes, man. So these are things that um supposedly on the cutting room floor, but it don't necessarily sound like that at all. Uh the producers and, and stuff like that. They went back and Nas, you know, watched over it. I, I like it, man, but at the same time, it there's nothing that I can rave about and 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 really point to to say, hey, you know, you should you should go go get this. This is a, one of those things where you listen to when you have time and you you listen to it because it's a legend and Nas dropping it. But I, I'm you know just need time to digest it more. It's, it's a good listen, um, but I don't know if you'll revisit it. And honestly, that's that's sad because uh, his last album. The Nasir, the Nasir, uh, yeah, the last album. Mm, yeah, I don't know if I was feeling that. Yeah, as so, well. So like, if it's coming off two albums, man, you kind of start, you, you you start losing me a little bit. Now I I don't jump on your project as quick the next time. Uh, I know it's Nas and everything, but still, like you coming out with two missed kind of projects, in my opinion, and nothing, no heat behind that. That's yeah, I mean, again, like I'm not, I wasn't uh, feeling the last Kanye project, but I'm not really holding that one against him. And, and it's funny though because he's had when the last time uh, we lived out here in Germany together, man, it was what 2011, uh, 13. So that's when Life Is Good came out. That's uh, his last studio album. So uh, Kid 2012, Kid C Ghost, Kid oh. C Ghost was fire. No, no, okay, no, I'm talking about Nas, the Nas joint. Oh yeah. Yeah, I was. It was the the last album that I liked of his was the one where he was uh with the, with wedding, the wedding dress. dress. Yeah, yeah, so that's that, that's life is good. So life is good came out like maybe seven years ago. So to drop the one with Kanye and them, and then rush it seemed like a rush job, of course. And then the lost tapes is something that we've been wanting for seventeen years because that's when the last one came out. However, I mean that's exactly what it is—a lost tape—and I don't expect that to be an album worthy caliber type then type drop it album. as a mixtape like everybody else that's what it did that's what the lost tapes are it's not it's not anything to be looked at as a, a studio album it's just you know you want to hear some Nas verses here you go over some some current production okay. you know what I'm saying okay. uh next one up man is uh Maxo Cream so this is a uh a cat his album is called Brandon Banks this is a cat out of Houston Texas um I've been tracking his movement since uh about last year I got put on uh by a friend of mine, uh, Tuck. And uh, ever since then, I've been tracking this guy's movement and seeing what he's doing and, and you know, dropping some music. So for me, man, I definitely uh, dig the album or whatever. Have you had a chance to get to that one too? Once again, it'll be the same thing. I downloaded I skimmed it, uh, ran through it. Nothing really caught the ear, like, off back to uh, jump to. So I'm waiting till I actually have some free time to actually get down and, sk- and listen at the music before I give it any of my thoughts on it. Well, damn it, Frank, what have you listened to? What have you listened to while you've been in Africa? Well, you ain't listening to shit that, that we talking about this week. Oh, I listened to everything while I was out down there. You know, I was catching everything. I had plenty of time to actually listen to everything. All right, so all so out of the stuff you digested, man, what, what's, uh, what's, your, what's your top five of the year so far? Ooh, top five. Man. Top five on, on the spot. spot. On the uh, spot. I, I'm definitely liking that Denzel Curry. The okay. Uh, T Grizzly. All right. Definitely. Um, ooh, what else came out? Give me something else that came uh, out. Two Chains. You got... Uh, two Chains was just okay. The Baby. Nope. You got... Uh, shoot, who else dropped? Benny the Butcher. Nope. Uh, West Side I, I finally went back and listened at that. Jim uh, Jones. Jim Jones that you was telling me about. And I got it. Okay. It was a solid little project. Still don't think it was great as everybody was claiming it to be, but it was, it was a solid project. It's nothing for me. Hey. It... it, it when I talk down on it, I take that back. It's nothing to talk down on, but crit, it still wasn't. The Crit just came out two weeks ago. The Crit. You're still sitting with the that. Crit, Freddie I'm Gibbs, Bandana. With, oh, that Freddie Gibbs. That Freddie Gibbs. Man, you, you know I'm a Freddie Gibbs fan, though. 
Yeah, so man, for me, uh, it's Freddie Gibbs. Uh, I got two chains in there. I think I put the Baby's album in there. I got Benny the Butcher, um, the plugs I met, and then uh, did I say Bandana already? Yeah, Bandana, and then uh, I got one more, one more, one more. Who was that? I know I'm forgetting my my lap, my fifth one, man. But I'll come back with that. But yeah, man, uh, it's, so far, man, it started off real slow, but now, man, it's picking up as far as quality music dropping, man. So uh, we still got a few more folks dropping. The game's coming out pretty shortly. The young boy, uh, YBN Corday, is coming out uh, shortly, man. And hopefully, I don't know if we're going to get a Drake album, but, you know, looking forward to that one, too. Oh, that's what I was missing, the Q. What's that? Crash Q. Talk. Oh, okay, yeah, Schoolboy Q. Crash Talk. Yeah. yeah, man. Yeah, man. So that around our mind. So what did I say? Uh, that'd be Q, Zoo, uh, Grizzly, Scriptures. Yeah, man. So yo, so the uh, we'll, we'll go back to that, man. So yesterday on the group chat, man, you was pretty adamant about this. Uh, <laughs> we brought up a random, random topic, and we was talking about who's better, Wale or Fab, who's had the better uh, body of work. Okay, people. And so, you was kind of you was kind of quiet on everything. So, but. So. So this is, this is the real reason I haven't listened to the albums this week because they started this nonsense and I had to go back and give it solid listening saying the, the talk was who has the better body of work, Wale or Fab? Right. So, so who you think? Who you got? I, I say Wale still. So you had me kind of lost when we started going in this and you brought up Wale versus Fab as a who has the best, better body of work. So I kind of been digging in the crates and listening at those, trying to really pick those apart and find out which one it is. And, hey, it's, it's, it's a tough to decide. But I still think if you're saying body of work, not lyricist, not best lyricist, just body of work, it's Wale all day. Yeah. For me, for me, man, I, I just think, you know, when it comes to album-worthy material and song-making ability and what I feel more between the two of the guys, yeah, I love punchlines and I love that with the best of them and I love the swag rap and how cool Fab is, but it's, it's very close. It's very close, but I give the edge to Wale and just overall quality, man. And then one of those uh, factors that I was doing like after that was like I went back and looked at like my my playlist, the, the playlist I create for what I want to listen to. And just about every last one of them had a, like a Wiley uh, track on it. And there was different themes on it. And that's that's what he brings. Like he has those different themes on the song. Does he have the notoriety and everything? I don't feel like he got that. I don't think he got the respect. I think they both got the notoriety. I think that's overblown with Wale as far as, I mean, that's his own doing with the I'm not noticed and I'm not this, I'm not that. Man, people appreciate you and we still put you in the same category of the the J. Coles, the, the Drake's. The, uh, the Kendricks, because he has the same ability as all of them. Now, those three guys before him just sell more, the big shines. Like, you know, they may sell more, but that, for me, is never in the equation when we talk in body of work. Exactly. So, but before we end, man, this segment, man, you got any uh, body you want to, you know, new discoveries, anybody you want to plug as far as what you're listening to that may not be on a national radar's ear? I think you mentioned it on the podcast before, but uh, Code of the Friend. I've been going back and forth on that album uh, all this year. So different moods every time I'm in it. Got, yeah. got to play it a little bit. Yeah, Cody the friend, man. Uh, he was dope, man, especially when you told me he was from New York. Uh, then I definitely <laughs> I definitely uh, got into what he was he was making, man. So, But we got something for you guys coming up in the next segment. Ladies and gentlemen, we got a little special guest for y'all. We yeah, got yeah. somebody who actually coming into the couch. You hear, you hear all that slow singing, all that who yeah? That's the one, the only 
Brandon Ravenel, man. He got in the couch. Brandon, what's going on, baby? What's good, man? We eating out here. What's happening? Listen, first off, we want to thank you for coming out and taking the time to sit with us on the couch, man. But you got a very interesting story, man. So you a full-time active duty military member. Who? At the same time, you a lady seducing R&B singer. <laughs> you already know, man. So I would get down, man. So first off, before we get started... How did you get into this love of music? Where did this music gene come from? Where did all this start? How did B-Rav come to fruition? Um, it goes all the way back to, to the beginning, man. Like, to be real with you, like I always tell my friends, like all my people, like I honestly cannot remember uh, one day outside of two weeks going to basic, the first two weeks to basic training that I did not sing. Like I sing every day. Um, my pops, real big into music. He's a, a jazz pianist. But he also, uh, he's a reverend at a church, so, um, in South Carolina. Ah, uh, so. one of them church kids going yeah. wrong. Come on, I ain't wrong now. We Gucci. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm just making sure. Nah. You know, sometimes them kids are the from the church. They be the bad ones. They be the bad oh, ones. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I see all these, all these, when I look at some of these lists of the, the songs on this album, and <laughs> you gonna love it, and you already know. watch out. That's a tag. Everything to me. Mm. Mm. Yeah, there was some, there was a lot of Sunday service. You may not pay attention to that, Brent. <laughs> I might have been in the back sleep, but I, I, okay, know. okay. So let's let's dive in some more, man. So let's let's get into that EP. Yeah, yeah. Now the album, yeah. the first album that you dropped, it was labeled first. Correct. Why why that title? What what, what was the the thought process and the, and the the music going behind it? What was the meaning? Because um, I was talking to uh, uh, Zach P, man. It sounded like somebody done done you wrong, boy. Somebody <laughs> done hurt your heart, boy. Now, nah, man. Uh, so really, it's not even it, it kind of has a little bit of uh, sprinkles of that in there. But uh, honestly, like when I was writing the the, uh, the songs for the album, um, it ended up being like, OK, this is, you know, my first like display of music, like my first body of work that people can actually listen to. So that was like the first uh, indication of it. And then I just started playing the keys one day and then uh, I started singing a song and I was like, I know I'm going to call it first. And, you know, it, the song came about and I was like, you know what? This is going to be the 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 basis of the album, and that's honestly how it happened. And of course, everything built around that. So, and so, let me get this straight. So, you write, produce, do you master all your projects? Or I mean, do you work with outside in, entities? Like, how does this come? How does this creative juice start, finish, and then come out to the product that we have now? Right. So, um, with this one in particular, um, well, first of all, let me go ahead and say I write all my music. Um, I I have a I feel like it's a spiritual a mental connection whenever you write your own music, when you're mm -hmm. trying to sing it and perform it. Um, not saying that I'm opposed to like, you know, somebody famous, write My music, if you want to, you know, throw a plug in there, but, uh, Holla with your boy. you know what I'm saying? Eh. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, like I, I write all my music, uh, I play all the instruments, um, the live instruments, uh, drums, keyboard and bass. But, um, for this specific album, um, everything except for two of the tracks, um, were made by outside sources, like the, the, the actual beat production. But uh, as far as mixing is concerned, I have a mixing engineer. I have two mixing engineers that are really good uh, out here in Germany. Um, and we just pretty much, I kind of co-mix it, if you will, co-produce. So that's pretty much all we do. So who, who, is these, who are these phenomenal producers that you work on? Are these German secrets? Are these German secrets that you won't tell nobody? Diamonds in the rough, my guy. Okay. So uh, first guy is Manu Meyer. Um, he uh, is in Millstone Labs out in Saarland. Um, it's probably like 30 minutes from where we are right now. But okay. um, yeah, he's really good. He's uh, really big into... Um, more, um, I want to say modern, but uh, classic kind of music. Um, but I feel like the energy we give together, like we just work well together. Um, he's the one that actually did this album. Uh, it was just me and him working together. Um, but of course, as we get into later, you know, I got my new uh, EP I'm working on that's going to be coming out soon. Oh, we got all kind of, we got, so with the old yeah. music, there's always new music. Always, always, always. So b before we get any further, let's, yeah. let's talk about, you, can you hear that? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's winds of change. You oh, know, Lord, and, so y'all heard the first song that we played and it was nice. You know, it had that nice young R and B feel to it. You already know. And then Brandon, you kind of flipped it up and, and <laughs> hold on. let's get to it. I mean, you just went straight. That's all that. <laughs> so number one, you did a whole track. Yeah. Completely. 
in Spanish. Yep. The change up, the switch up. First off, the skill set to be able to not just be able to speak the language, but sing in the language. But what drove that change? What drove you to go from, I guess what I would say would be your base, which is more your typical R&B. Right. Well, really, the base was the church. We you know what I'm saying? I'll take it back to Jesus. Yeah. Um, but then you, you went over to this, to this Latin field. What, what was the purpose and the, and the vision behind that? Um, so honestly, man, uh, I was sitting with uh, one of my other beat, uh, beat producers, a very good friend of mine, uh, Marcus, um, and we were just talking about it, and he just had some stuff in his crate. He's like, man, just playing some beats, and uh, he played me this one track, and I was like, oh, I was like, what is that? He was like, oh, yeah, I've made it for somebody, and he never did anything with it. So I was like, let me have that. So it was kind of like in it, the, the basic stages, and then, uh, I, of course, I took it home. Um, this actually was my hardest song I've ever written. I can usually write a song like a decent song in about hour and a half, two hours, like, you know, not rushing. Uh, but that song actually took me about a month to write. Um, well, it's a whole different language. I would think it would take a little, I mean, that's very true. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I've been in Germany three years and I know like two phrases. So you're doing a whole damn song. <laughs> exactly. So it was like the translation and all that stuff. Um, but I grew up um, learning languages, like languages usually come easy to me, especially like Spanish and German. Um, so you speak both fluently. I used to speak Spanish very fluently, uh, but of course, you don't use it, you lose it. Okay. So kind of one of those things. Uh, my German's pretty good, but you know. Oh, I speak I as a Deutsch, okay. You know, so do we got a German track coming soon? I don't think I got no German track. It's okay. a little harsh for That's the music, good. but That's yeah. Good. But uh, you know, you never know. Anything can happen. So what are, what are your ultimate goals? Like, what do you want to do with this singing thing? You know what I'm saying? I know you're in the military, so yeah. you're taking care of serving the country or America. But what's the ultimate goals? Where do you want to take this thing to? So uh, ultimately, man, I, I really want this to be what I do, you know, for forever. Like, I don't not saying that I don't I don't want to work because it's technically work. It's work. It's still work to me. Like, I, I love it. So I can literally wake up all day, like wake up in the morning and work all day. Just so have you ever considered, you know, I know like in the military, they have like the tops and blues and people who right. who's, that's their job to sing. Right. Has that ever been a route you want to do? Or is it because that won't be the music that you are passionate about? Maybe be a reason why they kind of strayed your way. Yeah, uh, not to take a stab at anybody, but I've I've been to a couple of those concerts, and it, it's not you're kind of uh, governed by a certain limitation. And when it comes to music, like I don't like anybody to have a say so as to what I can, you know, say or write or perform or how I can do it or what the setup can be. I like it to be natural. You know what I mean? How I saw it in my vision. Okay, so. Yeah. So you basically, you want to have that creative juice. You want to have exactly. that flow and that control on it. Right. So as an artist, I know most people have people that they look up to. You know, me as a, you know, athlete, you know, I look up hey. to like the, the Tobys and the Jordans, you know. Yep. But in the music world, yeah. who are some of the people that you look up to? Some people that you say are you, are, you use as inspiration to make your music. Right. Um, so it's kind of a, a several part question. But uh, so I kind of break it up into different, um, I don't say genres, but different like categories. So uh, as far as like right now, like my favorite artist who is making music currently right now is going to be Eric Bellinger. Um, a lot of people don't know who he is. He's quote unquote a B-list celebrity, but he's like hands down like pff, it's hard to find somebody like him. And he's so underrated. Um, but actually, crazy story. Me and him, uh, I messaged, uh, excuse me, I did a I do a car vibes video on my Instagram mm -hmm. and uh, I tagged him in it one day and then he just responded. He was like, yo, this is dope. And I was like. And uh, kind of took me for a loop a little, yeah, a little bit. Moment, you know what huh? I mean? Yeah, I get a little tear fall on my eye a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, I've always been rocking with this dude for, for a long time. And then we just hit it off and then we messaged each other back and forth. So I, I sent him music, get his kind of like his insight. And he lets me know like, hey, you should probably do this. Try this, try this. This is good. This is bad. Um, so he's kind of like a, a big brother. In so sense. that's definitely got to be a cool feel to have somebody that you look up to, to yeah. actually lean in and give you kind of advice on how you're doing your music and what you have going on. Yeah. 100. So being an artist, I know you have an ear for things. Yeah. I know you want to hear what you want to hear. So if we were in B Rav's ride, you yeah. know, other than Menelito, I probably said that all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? Whatever you just yeah, said. Yeah. What's playing in your ride? What What are some of the things that you ride to that you're listening to? Or is there any new R&B artists out other than the one that you mentioned that you're saying, hey, you know what? This person's paid in the way I like what they're doing. Um, so like I said, Eric Bellinger, if you look at my, my, my iPad or iPod, uh, I have a lot of Eric Bellinger, Chris Brown in there. Oh, it's Chris um, Brown. So you, how did you feel about that new Chris Brown album? Um, it was okay. He had he definitely has like three 
maybe three or four songs that I actually like really, really like. But out of 32? You know, yeah. Tough. 32 yeah. tracks of five. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm, I'm real particular when it comes to music, man. I'm really harsh. And uh, it, just for me personally, it's just, you know, when I, when I hear a song and it makes me make the ugly face, you know what I mean? Them the songs, I'm like, oh, yeah. Like uh, I just bought Daniel Caesar's album. I was super late on that. Um, he has a song with Brandy. Um, I think it's called Love Again. Oh, ugly face, 100%. So Daniel Caesar with Love Again, that was that's one of the tracks that you banging. Yeah. So I see you got your music thing going, and I see you in the military. But also, what most people don't know about you, you actually have your own clothing line as well. So you trying uh-huh. to you trying to you trying to get it from all angles. Yeah, man. So that's how did the clothing line come in the line? When do when do I get my free outfit? <laughs> I mean, what's going on, man? Be real, talk to me. Oh man. Um, so I don't know if you listen to uh, a lot of podcasts or like uh, interviews, but uh, Rick Ross did an interview. Um, I can't remember who it was with. It might have been Sway or something like that. But anyway, he was saying, like, fashion is, like, hand-in-hand with music. Like, that's just, it just is what it is. Uh, rather you like this certain style or this certain style, it's just hand-in-hand with music, however you dress, uh, how you present yourself to, to others. Um, so that was kind of like I, I wanted to be able to figure out a way to get another side of my creativity, you know, for, in order for people to see it. You know what I mean? See what you do. Yeah, exactly. So I got a... Got a couple guys and a, and a wonderful lady who are on my design team. We just get together and we just make a whole bunch of stuff and uh, just trying to see what works, trying to send it out to people, you know, kind of get their feedback to see, you know, would you pay X amount of dollars for, you know, whatever. I'm going to go so, ahead and um, I'm going to put this on the pod. This is internationally home. It known. Is. This is internationally. This is in the U.S. Yeah. You can send us everything you want. We rocking yeah. everything. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> we will expect our B-Raf shirts. Uh, hey, we man, got Frank I'll... Frank back in the building. He want yeah. his shirt, too. Yeah. You know, for cash on his. I want a whole wardrobe. <laughs> I don't just want a shirt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we, you know what I'm saying? We, shout out to the DSC podcast. So listen, yeah. it wouldn't be right if I didn't put you on the spot Whatever. and have you sing something. I mean, oh, for the ladies out there. I mean, but I need, listen, you talk about you creative. I need a, yeah. a, a love song about how everybody needs to love and listen to the podcast. Oh, yeah. So go get creative and go and give us something. Come on, Brandon. I'm putting you on the spot. Hey, you got to give me a beat. Hold on. Let me, let me, let me see what, let me see what I can give find. Give me a, a Eric Bellinger instrumental. Okay, song. Eric Bellinger. Check this out. This is DSE Podcast first. We freestyle. We got this new track. It's called <laughs> Tune In to the Podcast. Hey. And it's singing the beat. Hey. Tune into the podcast. We yeah. on the couch. Tune we got B Rav in the building. Hey. Give us some B Rav. Uh, Sing to the ladies hey. and the fellas. We pull into the couch. It's called a podcast. Let me show you what to do. My name is B Rav. Hey. And I know how to do it. Let me show you all these girls I'm just pursuing. It's a freestyle, and we rocking it. Can you hear my voice? Are you liking it? What? Yeah. Hey. Yep. We on the couch. We got bars. Hey. It's the DSC. Hey. <laughs> it's the DSC. Yeah. Hey, ladies, he's single too, y'all. I'll hook y'all up. Tune in, like, subscribe. DSC yeah. underscore podcast. Be yeah, rap in the building. Mura. Keep going with it, Brav. We ain't done. We ain't done. <laughs> but no, at the end of the day, first off, we want to take time, but thank you, man. But please let the people know your Instagram, what you got on YouTube, where they can hit you at, because we want to make sure we get you some pub, too. We would love to see stars make it. So, Brav, let them know about you so we can get this thing going. Man, listen, y'all can find me anywhere, anytime, any place. Just type in at Brandon Ravenel. That's Brandon Raven, E-L-L, if you can't spell. Uh... Instagram, Facebook, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, everywhere. Same, 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 same. So listen, first off, we want to t- thank you, thank you, thank you so much for coming down and sitting on the couch, dropping us a new hot track, Exec P. Yeah, that, new- that may be our new intro. <laughs> I don't know how we're going to do it yet. But that <laughs> was kind of hot. On that. You know what I'm saying? No, 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 ain't no monetary. Don't be talking about <laughs> your baby podcast. Okay? Anybody paying for that? But thank you for coming in. We appreciate well, you. Anything else you want to you want to give out to the people before we go? Hey, man, so everybody know, appreciate you guys. Y'all need to come subscribe or watch the channel. These guys are doing their thing out here, you know what I'm saying? Mark my words, it's going to be big. Boom. Remember, you heard it. I appreciate you. Everybody, thank y'all. And we on to the next segment.
And we are back, man. Let's get it in. Let's talk about TV, man. We got a couple shows that I want to get into, man. First off, Snowfall, season three, episode two. What'd you think? Man, uh, that cop, man, he getting on my damn, he getting on he, my last he damn nerve, man. too hard. Yo, like, come on, why are you trying to be the citizen of the world, man? And like, you know this kid from birth. Why are you trying to be Captain is, Saver? Is it a shame that we rooting for the bad guy? No, man, we know what he's going through. We know he, he's selling the rock hey, just to trying to get his family to the next level, man. Like a running back, he's back with the rock. And that's great. <laughs> Yo, the, I don't even want to get into like the seriousness of, it, of what I really think <laughs> about it. Real talk. But, man, this dude can run a Fortune 500 company. Dude, I mean, I don't even realize sometimes when people get into that lifestyle, they don't realize how much business savvy and business sense they actually do have. This kid is running the game and this cop i'm surprised he ain't put the order out to kill him yet i'm gonna be real with you because if i'm him i'm a, i don't kill that cop by now now i am not a cop killer we just talking about a fictional tv mm-hmm. show that is not my life so please i'm trying to t- tell all the police at the gate to, to harass me but i think it was a great episode i think he's trying real hard i was really nervous i thought his auntie was gonna give up um but i think when he went in there he showed when, his hand when he gave that story about the lady in the window i think that's when he kind of gave it all up. She had that, you know, you done fucked up, right? Yeah, basically. Yeah, she yeah. basically. She hit you with that. Oh, so you, you thought you had me. You ain't had hey, shit. Hey, she was going through it, though. Until, she was. Until she heard she that. Was. She like, was out here pissing in buckets. How dramatic, how she went from that crying and, and let me out of here to the, the laughter. Like, that was like, that's phenomenal acting, man. It was the joy of knowing. Oh, you ain't got me. You ain't got me. You ain't got me. So Snowfall is, I mean, great show. If you're not watching it, please do. You got three episodes, three seasons, bro. We about to be episode three tomorrow. Comes out of FX. So for everybody in the state, Snowfall, great show. Another one. Binge watch it this weekend. And I must say, I was almost angry every episode I watch. Last Chance You. So if you haven't watched it already, we about to spoil the shit out of it. First off, Cash, I love football. I love coaching football. I've been a high school head football coach. And man, let me tell you something. It was the greatest honor and privilege and best job I've ever had. You know, other than being a parent and a husband. You know what I'm saying? That's number one. Uh, husband and parent. Uh, you know. So I got, a, no I got a few questions as we get into this for you as a coach. But what I'm saying, what I'm saying all this to say is it sickens me to see somebody who don't appreciate what they got. The opportunity that he got. And this man may single-handedly be one of the worst coaches I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. But the part that gets me. As you all know, if you don't know by now, you're about to find out, he's fired in the end of the show. And he's fired because he told a German kid, I'm your Hitler. Way out of bounds, completely inappropriate. But we know what's worse, Cash. They fired him for that comment. But what about all the other racial comments he made towards the black athletes? There was one episode he said, get your dark ass out my chair. Why was he not fired for that? Because no kid came and said anything, man. These kids, last chance you, look at the name of the show for a lot of kids is literally their last chance to perform and possibly get in a D1, D2 college and get a full ride and be the only kid in their family. Like, yo, so many people had that story and that's so disheartening, especially for my black and brown people that play football. Like, every single kid almost is the first person first in their for this, family. The first it's for 2019 at a first for this and first for that. Like you said, that's that's so disheartening. That's, that's one thing. And you know what's worse though, Cash? What's that? They're looking at it as if they don't make it in football. They don't make it in life. life. But if they use half this effort they use in football and something else, my man, they could be billionaires. But the sad part is another thing that makes me feel sad for my black, brown, Asian, whatever color you are, the level of intelligence of these athletes. This one kid, oh, I'm a Marquise King. I got it. I got these offers, you know. I got under control. I got two Fs right now, but I got under control. Fool, how in the hell you got under control and you got two Fs? Man, I, I don't know, man, but look, man, these kids have been spoon-fed their entire lives in school, and, you know, depending on where they go, that's not the focus, man. The focus is the football team, and if you look at the dynamic of the little towns that some of these kids may come from and how their their high school football was everything to that town, that's the same way it is at Independence. You know what I mean? Look at – you was pay, were you paying attention to all of the things that were going on as far as – um, the money that that football team yeah. brought in and how the band people were complaining about it and how the teachers I, were complaining about it. They were it talking about other but, sports are going away because of the football but team. Who, but but it's, in, it's in Kansas. 
I never heard of it until the show. Never heard of it. I mean, the only basketball team that matters in Kansas is the Kansas Jayhawks. Yeah, that's true. You know what I'm saying? They've been at it for years. Independence. I mean, y'all don't need y'all don't need all that. And if if this TV show and this football team, especially after winning a, a national championship last year, as a matter of fact, the teacher that made oh boy write that twenty page paper in in uh, in junior college. First off, first off, first I never off, wrote a twenty page paper and getting my master's. First off, I'm gonna need her to relax. She got to. I think she was just showing out for the 20, camera. Twenty pages. Come on, man. and JUCO. Come on, man. And JUCO. And I ain't trying to disrespect nobody out here with with their AA, but twenty. It pages. ain't about. But you you at the JUCO. You want twenty pages? That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. And you trying to make these athletes write them twenty pages? And you think he really? He barely paying attention to class, but you want a twenty page paper. Yeah, so yeah. that lets me know whatever grade she gave him, she gave him because there's no way that I'm, well, I won't say there's no way because that sounds condescending. But I highly doubt he had a twenty page spectacular project. Hey man, he tried. He tried, but like I said, man, that that team brings in the money for those teachers to even be there to be there for the school to be opening. But at the end of the day, my general consensus on the show was it was very disappointing. Uh, it was very disheartening, and honestly. It just lets you know when you see these different type of coaching styles as a coach, it's it's it lets you know when you're doing something right. And at the same time, it lets you know what you don't want to do. And with that, speaking of that coach, man. So before I kind of get into the coaching questions, did you uh, see that he was uh, charged for uh, a few things, some felonies, man, impersonating uh, a lawyer? Who? The coach on the show. No, I didn't. Yeah, man. Yeah, he's a, so he's he was a, a downright dirty dog. Yeah, man. So he was. Uh, I'll look it up, man. But like, while while I look it up, man, let me know about uh, you know, as far as the the style of coaching and the cussing and how hard he cussed at the players and even his his coaches. Like, how do you feel about that? Is that like the natural thing that you see? Because for me, on the outside and not really coaching football to the level nowhere close to the level you've coached, I, I want to know what really goes on in some locker rooms you've been in as far as just how, how the coaches talk and are they that disrespectful? So, you know, it all depends, first off. And what I mean by it all depends, you know, I've been in coaching locker rooms where you got coaches who've been outright physical with kids who will slap them side of the head and their helmet on just to get their attention. You know, when I first started coaching, I thought I had to be that loud rah-rah guy. And as I got more seasoned in it, you realize, first off, everybody don't respond to that. Now, there are certain players, Cash, I got to dig all the way in their ass to get them to get something out of them. But then there are certain kids, when you go to yelling at them, it's not going to happen. i give you a prime example. Um, young man that I used to coach named Kalen Milaj plays for the Miami Dolphins right now. Freak of an athlete. Completely head and shoulders above the competition as far as the kids he was playing against. But he was not the kid to come out and just yell at because he shut down. Not shut down like he couldn't perform, but he shut down like, yo, that, that's not going to be the way to get to him. And as a coach, you have to learn how to read people because coaching is so much more than just the X's and O's, bro. You become a mentor, a father, a guidance counselor, a, a confidant, a pastor, you everything. You cover many different roles. So it does, it's disheartening to see somebody take to not take advantage of such a great opportunity of being a coach of young people. Absolutely, man. So I, I like you said, man, a lot of people receive criticism and coaching in a different way. And I don't think everybody is equipped to handle the way he was talking to him. And then a lot of time it, it just wasn't needed. And I think he oversells the fact that he's from Compton and he feels like he has to be that way. Like he feels that gives him a right. It's people it's people from all sorts of places like Compton that don't act that way in their day to day. And they don't need to because to me it, it just for some people is like you you put in portraying what you really don't need to, you know, it's like you, I don't know, you putting on a facade, but I mean, for me, that could be that guy day in and day out. Who knows, man. But I mean, I, I'm, he, you don't have to do that. And when you, first off, and this is something for life and for all young men or your older man, your neighborhood that you come from don't define you. No. You can't say, Oh, oh, I'm from New York. So I have to do this, this and that. You ain't got to do nothing in this life but eat, sleep, shit and die. That's all you have to do. So thinking that you have to be all this, oh, I'm from Compton, so I've been around this, so I'm this and that. Stop it, dude. You're really not. Get your life together. No, no. I'm from Brooklyn. I'm from Bed-Stuy. And there was things that went on during my childhood that, you know, easily could have turned me every which way. But, you know, when you have certain people in your life and, and even when you have a good head on your shoulders to where you're not going to follow the crowd, you can do it. You can navigate, you know, 
the drug dealers and, and the the bad crowd or whatever leading you astray. Like it, it's just too easy to do. So you don't have to portray that. You don't have to be what everybody thinks that you're destined to be. You just be you and you'll win that way because people, even the drug dealers, the gangsters, them cats respect you a lot more when you ain't trying to be who you're not. True story. They just, all right, man, let's, let's keep them. You let do, them roll. Exactly. You do you know your thing. Hey, you man, get out of here. Hey, yep. man. They, they tell you, get out of here, man. We about to roll dice. You know I'm what I'm saying? Do it's hot. No oh yeah, it's around. hot. It's hot out here, man. You need to go in the house to get on a stoop. Whatever. I've been told. I've literally been told that to get get away, and so, and got away at certain times. Or so, nah, man. I just want to watch and saw what came with that. You know what I'm saying? So it you've been. I've been on both sides of the coin, but I just never wanted to to go that route. But we going off on a tangent, man. Did you, you get get a chance to watch the uh, Carolina Panthers All or Nothing? No, because I don't like Carolina. <laughs> but did you watch? You not gonna watch no. it at all? Nope. Oh man, damn. That season was horrible. Hard knocks coming up next. I will watch that. Yeah, I definitely will tune into that. You man. know, there's a couple of good things coming out, man. Um, so definitely the the all or nothing. I probably will watch it just because I'm a football fanato and I want to see football. You'll have some more respect for Cam Newton, man, after you watch it. Probably not, because I like Tampa Bay. Granted, but if you if you watch with objective, you know I don't know how to do that. Non bias views, that. you know, I, I think you may come away that. with something. Off air, off camera. You don't have to Maybe. You don't have to admit it. All my you know. Never. <laughs> Whatever. Fuck for life. All right, man. So, shit, is that it, man? As man, far as the I, shows listen, go? Listen, man, I think we don't did our thing, man. We want to first off send a special shout out to B-Rav, Brandon Ravenel for coming on and doing this thing, man. Dropping the dope track. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Tank being back in the building. Frank the Tank, that is. You know, he came in and dropped some knowledge on us. He was, you know, great to have a great addition back to the team. Also, man, hey, let me take the time over the airways to thank my man, Exec P, man. Y'all don't realize how much work this man put in to make this thing pop. You know, everybody can't be the talent, you know what I'm saying? So you got to be able to be the Exec P. <laughs> you got to so, be able to be behind the scenes. You know what I'm saying? And he handles it, and he's on the mic at the same time. So first off, please, everybody, thank y'all for tuning in. But hit us up on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Tweet, Tweet, Tweety, uh, Facebook, all of us, DSC underscore podcast. Email, don't sleep on the couch podcast at gmail.com. Hit us up. Cash, you got anything before we let the people go? No, we be right back. Same place, same time next week. Record and on Tuesday, drop on Wednesday. And you know Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Don't Sleep on the Couch Podcast. Hit us up at DSC underscore podcast on the gram. Or send us an email at don't sleep on the couch at gmail.com. Thank you for coming to sit with us. See y'all next week.